0: Welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. I've done almost 2,000 interviews on my program with many different types of healers who have created a multi-sensory and non-Western pedagogy in their practices. Their stories help to complete that circle of artistic authenticity which we all strive for. The cats I interview have been making a living on the bandstand for the last half century. They have dealt with good leadership and bad. They have come to different understandings of what love is They have overcome a great deal of adversity in their lives, and they are adept at playing all musics. The Cats have had an impact on so many records that my generation and older generations have lived off for years. They play little parts and serve the song as conduits for information from the heavens. For the most part, the Cats had a chance to play with the original masters of the music and learn to get out of their own way to become part of the musical conversation. Thankfully, when the record business was actually an industry, these artists had the opportunity to gain name recognition through their work as accompanists and leaders by weaving in and out of different musical styles. One thing I've realized and been humbled by is the opportunity that has been given to me to gain knowledge and wisdom from these musicians, whose tales I share with people in all parts of the world via the internet, call it mass distance education, if you will. I have the chance to talk with individuals who have been on this earth longer than myself, have experienced societal shifts, and have invented and reinvented themselves in different musical settings in different parts of the country. As a rogue journalist, I'm searching for that fine line of connection from mind to body to soul. That's where the spirit emerges and what my whole show is about, how to create spiritual music. David Bixby, welcome to The Jake Feinberg Show.
1: Well, thank you, Jake.
0: Can you talk about um, your first connection with uh, with Source, God? Yes,
1: I can. Um, my experience came out of trauma, and I think a lot of people, when they get into kind of a dark place, they consider God. Up until then, it's really not, a, you know, something that people really don't think much about. Mm. Um, and uh, after... Oh, 1968, 69, doing a lot of LSD. Uh, I hit what I call the, the void or a liminal, uh, space. And it was kind of uncomfortable and depressing and, um, empty. Uh, and I considered, uh, you know, I considered it as God a reality. Uh, I knew, I knew I was broken and, uh, I just wondered if I could go back to the factory and get get a get a repair, and um, mm. uh, I, and I really, I didn't want to fool myself into believing into something that wasn't just because I, I was broken, and um, so I really needed some evidence that God existed, and you might call me a sign seeker. However, I was sincere and, uh, uh, I did have, uh, an encounter that, uh, I considered uh, to be an encounter with, with, uh, with God. Uh, and it, uh, in a conversation and it was very natural. It seemed like an old friend. It didn't seem like woo woo or some big you know, lightning bolt. But, uh, he called me by my name and asked me why I was coming to him. Now, this was not audible. This was just impressions in my mind. Right,
0: right, right, right.
1: Uh, notions It really easy to rationalize away. Um, and what was told to me was not to trust the name of flesh and to come to this source for all my needs. And, uh. I didn't really think of myself as being spiritual, or I didn't even think about spiritual. And I sure didn't really want to be religious. I uh, uh, and still don't. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, I have difficulty with uh, uh, people that are religious. Well, it's just, it's like a cult.
0: Dogma. Yeah, the dogma. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: There's no there's no depth to it. Right.
0: Right. There's no critical thinking going on.
1: Right, well, and there's no experience that you're right. having. right? You know, either right. Christ is a storybook or Christ is an experience.
0: <laughs> That's right. And
1: uh, I saw the people that were operating out of, I call them textbook Christians, and uh, pretty shallow and arrogant.
0: Be, and, be uh, insecure, really, and because they're so shallow. Well, so,
1: they yeah. want it to be true, too, but they're lying to themselves. <laughs>
0: you know,
1: they're not, <laughs> They don't have a testimony and they're trying to convert people, you know. And uh, uh, and I had trouble with, uh, well, let me finish my ex-
0: by Absolutely.
1: Where we started. Um, without getting into detail, and this was 50 years ago, and I still have a perfect recollection of a subjective experience that I cannot prove to anybody else. And I get, I'm to the point
0: where I don't even care. I don't want to, you know, that's not my job. No, no, I mean, it, it was, yeah, it was, it was the, the ultimate connection, but those are, you know, only shared between the most sacred, you know, just you right. and, and the sake, you know, so I just, you ultimately, um, I want you to talk about this group that you formed because, um, you know, to me, like I, I feel like in a, in a pantheonic way, like, I mean, I've interviewed cats with all from all different <clears throat> backgrounds and, um, you know, the music is sort of like the, you know, the, the ultimate, uh, source point because it transcends everything. And yeah. I just, I kind of wanted to know how you mixed music into the, um, the Christian group that you formed, uh, after your experience with God.
1: Well, after this encounter, the fruit of that is I began to write music.
0: Hmm.
1: And I began to write songs. It was just falling out of me.
0: This is unbelievable.
1: And uh, I was coming from a place where I couldn't even make a sentence. And I really was considering not being on the planet anymore. I didn't want to kill myself, but I didn't want to be here. It was just a very... um, uh, very uh, scary I was, I was I was I was afraid my soul was broken and I didn't know anything about that so to get to, to your question is
0: um, can you just say what, what do you mean by your soul was broken What? what I, I, I'm trying to like explain if you go a little bit deep, I mean you had given up or I, I can you just go a little apathy, bit deeper apathy
1: apathy Interesting. And when I say soul, I'm going to have to define that, you know, you know, you know, when you say you have a spirit that's backwards, you are a spirit, you right. have a body Right. and the soul makes up your emotions, your thoughts. There might be so many components to the soul that it can't be listed in the Bible or in, uh, you know, what people think, think of that. So, you know, a spirit is part of the soul. And if your body is sick, your soul suffers. If your mind is sick, uh, you you suffer. You can't function. And uh, I never... You don't know you have a soul until you lose it. (laughs) You (laughs) don't know you're in a cult until you get out of it.
0: Right. Um, Right.
1: So we had prayer meetings at a home. And I want to state this right here at uh, at this point. Point is unbeknownst to me, these little groups, these Christian cults, were springing up all over the United States at that time. The church was losing young people. Um, It was a stagnant experience. One way you sit there and listen, you can't question. Uh, Right. So, so uh, you know, and I, I didn't want that anyway. You know, I, I, I wanted. To, to be whole. I knew I was broken. I didn't know h- how to pray or what to pray for, or even if there was anything there I was praying to. My first prayers seemed kind of odd, you know, right. Ta- talking, talking out loud to the air. You know, this is, hmm. this is mental illness. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm already, I'm already nah, suffering man. an yeah. acid flip out. So, you know, right. where, where is reality? And, um, um, so in this, uh, this, we started to have meditation and read the Bible uh, at these groups. There were like five or six people, and then they went out and told other people about it. Pretty soon, the group grew, grew uh, to the point where we had a large building and uh, up to like three hundred
0: people. Was it what and, was it like? Uh, so, I mean, you could question: how, What do you think? Like that particular, if they were popping up all over the place, what was the the niche of your particular church?
1: Well, uh, it really wasn't a church. What it was, was a, uh, uh, it was like a whole like a Bible study, so to speak. But I mean,
0: you, you, you said it was a cult. Do you think, it was, is, that a, is that a pretty strong word?
1: Well, it, it, when I was in it, I wouldn't call it a cult, no.
0: Right, you, you don't know until you get out. Yeah, right. Right. And, uh, so it was, and a big, it was a big Bible study, but it was it, different from traditional church in that there could be debates or dialogue. I mean, what was, what was different about it?
1: What was different about it is uh, some of the spiritual gifts that are listed in the Bible, like uh, 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 you know, speaking in prophecy, right? And uh, which is kind of hard to wrap your head around. Uh, uh, and, you know, as this thing grew, the, the people that were searching, like myself, were getting answers. And uh, whether we were talking ourselves into it or not, or, or it was legitimate, you know it's a subjective thing. You know, it's you, even after you have an experience, you still have to believe in it.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, and, uh, because every spiritual encounter I've ever had in my lifetime in about 24 hours, I start to lose the reality of it. You know, the, the, the uh, hmm. the left brain starts to question because it doesn't make sense. God doesn't make sense to your logic. um, you know, because you can't see it. You can't taste it. Uh, there's no evidence of it other than the creation. And, you know, t- taking a lot of LSD and... Uh, um, okay. Um, I was... Uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, you were
0: taking, you're taking a lot of LSD, which puts you, can put you in a very questioning, ruminating place.
1: Well, uh, you know... Nobody sees God on LSD, but you do see the creation. That's right. And you do see a dimension within yourself that you never knew existed. And also, you know, LSD separates you from that logic questioning to more of just being and not having to think or reason or use rationale. (laughs) Rationale destroys the subjective experience.
0: Absolutely. And Are you trademarking some of these one-liners? You've thrown thrown out like six one-liners that are like gold, man.
1: uh, (laughs) Well, you know, I've been interviewed a few times, and every time I'm interviewed, it causes me to dig deeper.
0: Well, I want to talk to you about this, because I went to Boston University, late 90s, Uh, The uh, I had never taken acid in high school or mushrooms, but then in freshman year of college, I I I wound up hanging with a bunch of cats who were like, you know, just every weekend. It was like, you know, the Dawn Patrol, you know, just dosing at the time. uh, There were a lot of wannabe chemists and wanker chemists. And, and, you know, it was not as pure as it was back when you were coming up and was being made in college universities. And so I, (laughs) you know, like I tripped. I had some really bad trips. And a couple times, I didn't know if I was coming back. And uh, you know, was that why you it, it, you saw something in yourself that spooked you so bad that it broke you psychologically on one of these trips? Yes, I
1: went into the void. Yes. In other words, so uncomfortable,
0: is, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, um, it,
1: it you know it it cripples you. And uh, it's a liminal space. You can't make decisions. You can't make commitments. I couldn't formulate words. Uh, And you know as well as I do, if you do a lot of acid, you need to decompress big time, and uh, or normalize. You'll never be normal. (laughs) You you got to give that up. (laughs) Yeah, so there's a
0: melt away or something, you know. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and uh, and either this suspended animation. Your your ego and your self identity just kind of falls away. Now, for some people, that's a horrible experience, and for others, it's liberating. Right. So you know, you never know who's going to flip out. <laughs> you know, and uh, I mean, you could
0: have both experiences in the same trip. You know.
1: Well, yes, yeah, you yeah, can. Yeah. You certainly can. You can uh, be uh, freaked out, and then after uh, after you process that a little bit. Uh, what comes up is nothing, and we're, we can't handle nothing. We're mm-hmm. creatures of substance, and so you know nothing is—it's it, impossible to process, and it feels like depression, and it feels like death, and it feels like nothing, and it's cold, and so uh,
0: you have no idea how much this is resonating, man. I mean, it's very—it's very pertinent to what's happening. I mean, I guess it's—I guess you're proving the fact that it's always been that way.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you can hit the void without drugs.
0: Absolute, drugs. Absolutely. absolutely. I, I think it's... A, but you stayed in it for days or weeks at a time?
1: Uh, well, I was... Yeah, I was in the void for almost a year. I couldn't hold jobs. I couldn't carry conversations.
0: Yeah, bless you, think- man. I want going to say bless you, man. Honestly, that is... Serious fortitude. So wait, I, I want to be clear because my I don't know I don't know if you know that cat, Mike Dacey, um, great uh, part of the Wrecking Crew, Hal Blaine and those cats, and he, but he was more of like a country guitar player, country blues psych player. He wasn't like Larry Carlton or those cats, right? And uh, but really nasty, greasy player. And he had a bad acid trip, uh, hanging out with the Tim Leary cats. And the only thing that you know, he really dedicated himself and found God. And I think he went through a similar sort of uh, void, extended void period. And that is something that like I had an overnight void and eventually I got back, but it did, it did, it did irreparably break me in some ways. Like it took my nervous system out, you know? Yeah.
1: It'll do that. You know, it'll do that. You can recover, but you don't know that. Right. Okay. You don't know. See, when you go into the void, every part of you wants to fight it. Okay. It's like flypaper. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go into it. You got to go through it. And my testimony right. is this. right. There is another side and you don't, you don't know that. So that's why it's so scary. You feel yourself dying from within and you don't know how to help yourself. And there's you don't know how to explain it, so you know in this group and these songs I was writing, I was able to uh, use metaphor, uh, which is like a parable uh, to describe obviously, and here I am fifty years later, and I get emails every week of people who are in this void, and uh, they find the album,
0: wow. Wow, dude, uh, you you are—you be—that's a signpost from the past.
1: Well, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, Wow. uh, And so I have to look, and I know this last email I responded to the guy says, you know, when I get emails like this, and and these people are articulating what it meant to them, and they were, and they they all say they were in a dark place. I mean, those are exact words on every one of these emails. And then they found the record and it gave them a moment to not despair and, and to have hope. And if you give it time, you'll heal quite naturally. But you don't know that either. You know, it, you know. It, so a lot of people terminate. And, you know, I was at that point. Uh, it, it, suicide looks like relief. And uh, at that point, and then you get to a point where you're not a you're more afraid of life than death.
0: Did yeah. they put you on any kind of like during that year period where you? I know when I interviewed Pat Martino, my dear uncle, rest in peace. I mean, they the guy was having headaches, you know, like oh, like he was on the top of the guitar, jazz guitar, right there with McLaughlin, and all those cats, he's having headaches. And he, they thought he was depressed and given electric shock therapy. And then it turned out he actually had a tumor in his brain, but that was in the seventies. I'm just like, did they try to even you out or were you like go and try to do, try to just figure out, reset yourself and heal on your own?
1: Well, first of all, there was no, they, so. That answers the question. But I'm
0: saying like, like you you didn't need, you didn't go to the hospital for any, any, you sort of lived in this void and and didn't consult or get any medical help. No. Wow.
1: I didn't know how to ask for that. Uh, You know, and um, it was hard. I couldn't make an assessment on how damaged I was. Right. Okay, so shooting up to this you know I, I, let's let's say I had a healing, right. and this music started to come out of me, and I found that people I was getting in conversations with people, and I would share this experience that I had. and men and women on an individual basis would break down crying, and the words that were coming out of my mouth were the words of life. I wasn't repeating scriptures, and I wasn't running religion. It's just that they needed to hear what, they needed to hear something. And I I didn't know what they needed, but as I spoke to them, the words of life came out. Now, after a year, and I've read scriptures and become indoctrinated and Christianized, that word of life died. Now I'm religious. After having an experience with a living God, I didn't mean to, but I gave that up once I became indoctrinated in order to be a part of the group. You have to compromise the truth to fit into the group.
0: Can you, can you give a specific example of when you had a compromise and and, when it, why it, and how that affected your you know, word of life?
1: Well, this uh, group turned in, there was one individual that was pretty much dominant and became the cult leader. And he became a cult leader because we allowed it as people. Cults are made by lazy, spiritually lazy people, not cult leaders. You know, the leaders are a dime a dozen. What they need is followers. I mean, how can you be a cult leader if you don't have a follower?
0: Was was um, there any period of when it wasn't duplicitous, or he was just? It was always from day one, and you just kind of allowed that behavior to to exist.
1: Pretty much from day one, but his intention was not to control people or to even be a leader. It's just that he was. Um, Hmm. Now, when the cult group began to uh, look at him. Just like in the Old Testament, God speaks through the prophet and the prophet tells the people. Mm -hmm. Well, in the time of Moses, the people said, how do we know the prophet? And that's my question. (laughs) How do you know if the prophet is really getting that message? And you should be able to get those answers yourself without going. That's what Christ was teaching. You can be your own prophet. He didn't say in those words, but a connection with Christ. You don't need a church. You don't need a book. And, but the thing is, those are, those are you know, I, I read the Bible a lot. Uh, I love it and I hate it at the same time. Uh, you know, it, it, it shows me stuff that confuses the hell out of me. And then shortly after that, I have a revelation of what I didn't
0: understand.
1: That's a metaphor. <laughs> a, a metaphor, when you read the Bible, you better have a dictionary with you. And don't expect to just breeze through it. Because you're going to be stopped, cold, at every metaphor until you go through cognitive dissonance. In other words, what you think the truth is and what the truth really is.
0: Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think you're... So...
1: Am I answering your question?
0: I, no, I mean, this is... You're, you're you're hitting it out of the park. I mean, like, why... I, I don't want to make this sound so pain with a broad brush, but... Is it kind of murky that Christ talks about everybody can have be their own church, so to speak? Why do people, you know, to me like Dylan was like that too. Dylan, you, Bob Dylan, when he when he when he found Christ in his life, you know, he would say, "I don't like those mega churches. I like the Spirit Church." And, exactly. And, and like exactly. and like so, like why why are there so many sheep and not so many shepherds out there?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I'm, we, I'm like I, I'm fascinated by like to I me. Got a, I yeah. got an
1: answer for that. All right, we want to be led, right? We want to be told what to do. The the process of thinking for life changing choices, and I don't mean decisions. I mean choices. And we and let me just say this: when you make a choice, that is your soul. Now, circumstances will cause you to make decisions that are contrary to that choice. And this is where a confusion, and I see a lot of Christians, they think they got it handled and they're empty. And uh, right.
0: why are they? They're empty because they just they, they don't really want to lean into the flypaper, right?
1: Well, the experience requires a commitment that no one wants to make.
0: What kind of commitment is that? I mean, it's more than just, like... It's my
1: life. It's my life. Right. Uh, And, you know, I can't quite bring myself to give my entire life over as much as I would like to. Because, you know, negative and positive, we're born in a world where negative and positive exists within us. We all have a dark side. We all have a light side. Christians deny their dark side, so it runs them. And when I say Christians, I can't bundle it all. There's exceptions to what I'm saying.
0: Absolutely. No, no, I I, I dig what you're saying. Just to make
1: a point, I would say, in my lifetime, you know, when I left this group, I visited every denominant, Christian denomination that exists. And I, you know, and when I was taking care of my mother, we'd go every Sunday, pick out a church. I, we didn't care what the doctrine was. And uh, we'd go to these churches, and you could see what they were preaching, teaching, and then what they were doing. In other words, here's their talk and here's their walk. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a result of 50 years, right now, I have false doctrines that I picked up from every Christian denomination that I ever and I didn't mean to. And uh right covid right, COVID, right. yeah it's, you
0: know and it's like okay why, where, I want I want to ask you this where in the bible and and cuz it's got to be it's got to be somewhere that people are picking up on that it, it where Christ says do not be vulnerable and, and 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 embrace the dark side but almost just be happy and smile and be and Because to me, it's like, that's just not being, you're not being your authentic self. Where in the Bible does it say that? Well, we're we're
1: choosing agents, okay? So we live in a place where you have to have the yin-yang, if you want to go Eastern religion. Right,
0: that that was good for me, yeah.
1: the, The light and the dark. So you could exercise your choices. Now, that requires some soul searching that's uncomfortable. That's why we want a religion to tell us what to do. We want a book to tell us what to do. We want a leader to tell us what to do, because we don't want to take full responsibility for making a bad decision or consequences. Uh, if, if if a cult leader, and I've seen this happen, people who turn themselves over to cult leaders and it doesn't work out, they blame the cult leader, right. okay, because they didn't take responsibility. In the in the Bible, God. Was upset because people chose a king. You know, God was offering a direct connection, and people wanted to follow another man. And uh, don't follow the prophet. Most of the prophets, you know, after they brought a prophecy, did stupid things the next day. You know, it, it's like enlightenment.
0: Uh, right. So, no, it's fleeting. It it's very fleeting.
1: Yeah, it's fleeting. Yeah. It really is. And I mean, like 30, 40 minutes after you have a aha or an epiphany that rationale starts to starts to break it down because it doesn't make sense now let's let's go back to your question that you were like geez the world represents that darkness and when he said not the earth but the world of Mm. mankind Mm. okay going its own way and we're seeing more of that uh in the last few years since covid there's some really weird stuff that's going on in our society. Mass shootings, mass suicides.
0: Uh, no, the other thing is, uh, young kids killing younger kids. Right, and, they're,
1: and killing and the, reason, they're killing. The young, they're them killing. They're yeah, killing. It's crazy. Yeah,
0: you know? yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, like Sandy Hook um, kind of thing, you know, like young kid killing even younger. Like to me, also, you're seeing like children. Uh, i just i was born in 78 i uh and you know my parents loved me unconditionally and i was very blessed to grow up in their house uh but the kids were not commodified they are the way they are today and uh and so there's just this like uh you see a lot of crazy shit out there with kids now. I mean, it's all, you know, I'm just before you, I mean, you would have 10 or 12 kids in a family, two might die before you even met them, before you were born, you know? Okay. So, like, it's, it, the family size has shrunk. Everything has become commodified, including real estate. Obviously, it's choked off the, you know, I don't want to get too right. global. The reason I say this is because you said Christianity is the only monotheistic religion that, doesn't embrace the darkness. So they live it. But like in Judaism, like I believe that there's more of an honest dialogue about vulnerability and right. I just, and I don't understand. That's the emptiness. That's the way, the, the point where it's like, you know, you can, it's just, you can see through that stuff. And i I'm, I'm, it's amazing to me that it's, it's, it's a testament to your direct connection with God that you did try to seek so long because I, after a while i just would have left had such a bad taste in my mouth to see the lack of uh or like you said you know you got you would get brainwashed or whatever you know that that to me is like after a while i don't yeah. want to keep keep banging my head against the wall yeah uh,
1: well let me let me give you a scripture yeah uh, christ said be in the world but not of it <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. now that,
0: that i did i did i did that's, yeah.
1: that's a balancing act okay uh, and what we're talking about the last few moments we're talking about darkness, and we're talking about what our society's doing right um, and, uh, and and it's a trend, and we have to learn how to choose you can choose your way through that um uh you know, I just wrote a song re- recently yeah. and said uh, um uh let me give you a verse of it it's, uh uh You know, uh, let me see. I I can't pull the verse out of it, but it's about uh, lost in cyberspace, the human race, faster disaster, my device is my master.
0: Uh, One more time with that. Can you do that again?
1: My device, the world is going faster. It looks like a disaster I'm paraphrasing it now. My device is my master my my cell phone, my computer. okay. We were talking about the day in my day. we didn't have that, and we didn't have the problems we got now either.
0: absolutely no I think I think that that's a very also the sophistication technology has gone has superseded humanity by way too much and you're getting this perversion
1: technology is the new cult right only there's no one person running
0: it right (laughs) right it's like an it's like an oligarchy or something you know (laughs) like it's like a spiritual oligarchy I don't know I you know I mean it's just they're all leading them right you know
1: one thing that cyberspace actually does is it gives you a metaphor to describe spiritual right because the Internet is, I mean, where is it? it's electromagnetic. I mean, uh, it's subjective. And uh, at some point it'll go down uh, and we'll be addicted to it. And, you know, these young kids, they take their cell phones away. These kids go crazy. You know, it, it,
0: it's truly a story. Well, and also, you know, even my oldest daughter, 17, you know, she's brilliant. And yet just that noise of, it, don't get me wrong. I mean, you're just, I drive so much information. I'm, I, I produce content. So new media yeah. structures like Facebook and Instagram are not the devil to me. The problem comes in when you are only receiving information. And when you're a teenager, you don't have your own individual voice. You don't know what the hell you're doing. So you're just receiving information. And it really, if I, I mean, I had enough hard time in high school, just sort of fitting in, even though I was just kind of just, you know, insecure and trying to find my own way, but to have this additional stuff and then just also the overpopulation and just the hyper competition that exists now, it's out of control. And so there's just a lot of pressure on top of which, you know, the world's getting hotter. And like you said, it's going faster. So, you know, this is all sort of, it's, it's very pertinent. I mean, can you talk about one specific tune that fell through you from the heavens when you, once you, the message, even though it was indirect, you know, you know God didn't tell you, God told you, come to me and I will help you with anything. And then all, the, all of a sudden the music started to come through you. Is there one song in particular you could talk about and, like, a message in that tune that, that resonates with you still today?
1: Uh, yeah, the, the second song on my album, you know. Uh, look at me the way I used to be, caught up in worldly ways, lost so many days from growing. Hmm. He came to me and said he'd make me free. Said he died for me and that he loved me. Okay, now you know, a lot of that is out of scripture. Um, and I started reading the Bible and I was amazed that how, how close the Bible was to what he showed me. And so I don't believe in God because of the Bible. I believe in the Bible because of God. I I don't put my faith in the Bible at all. I would never do that. Uh, I put my faith directly in a living Christ, uh, and and which is different than my concept. And it always, um, with every spiritual encounter, uh, the way you think it is has to go. And uh, so it's always a process of, uh, you, you got something to hang on to, but it's an illusion right. until you get to the next thing to hang on to. Uh, and so the Bible is kind of like when I went to electronics school, they used a metaphor for electricity, and it was a faucet, water faucet. And you open it up, and water comes out. And it's like your radio. You turn it up, and the volume goes up. Now, that's not at all how it works. But it gives you a, something to hang on to. The Bible is like that faucet. Now, in reality, there's a free electron in every atom in a copper wire and you put an electron in one end and they all displace each other and electron falls out on the other end, which you can run a light or a machine. So, uh, the water metaphor is no longer, it's not even close to the way it is, right. but, but that gave you something to hang on to until you learn. Uh, the Bible is an excellent place to hide from God and you can fill yourself up with scriptures and uh, just like, for instance, I see, there's exceptions to this, but I see in, in the Christian world, some churches are make a big deal out of being saved. And the Bible's really clear, salvation is for eternal life. It, you, you, you got to be dead to be saved. <laughs> <laughs> and people are running around Say, are you saved? <laughs> yeah, and I, got, right. <laughs> I got saved at a Billy Graham concert. And, uh, and uh, pre-salvation is absolutely arrogant how dare you proclaim yourself saved uh when you haven't even disciplined yourself and i say this the Christ, most of the christians i was i'm guessing here like 85 maybe more percent uh their experience comes from the bible
0: they're hanging on to the bible they haven't learned and let go
1: and the bible will and i'm just wrote down a quiz about the Bible you know the Bible is not the word of God and pastors are holding up you know let's get into the Bible and let's get into the word let's get into the
0: word, <laughs> the word yeah, of God you know, right yeah that's not what it is. You
1: know, But the word was in the beginning before the Bible even existed and uh, hmm. all things were created by it and then the Bible itself and John said that Christ is the word made flesh uh so to run around and call, you know, it's called biblio You're worshiping the book. It's a it's an it's a image. It's an idol.
0: Biblio adultery.
1: A bibli- it's a med- it's a biblio idolatry.
0: Adul- that is unbelievable.
1: And it's a medical term to describe Christians or people who have never connected with God so they worship the book.
0: Whew, dude, that is, You just went to never, ever land on me there, man. That's unreal.
1: And they don't know it.
0: Okay? Right, so right.
1: You, you, you know, it's, it's not something you can blame. It's part of the delusion of this world we live in. And so I call them textbook Christians. They know the book, but they don't know the author.
0: <laughs> All right, I have a question for you because I found this book today uh, called Rhythms of Life, and there's like... I open one page and it says cosmic rhythms and it's talking about the, the ecos, the ecosphere and the, 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 the sound of birds and the rhythms of life. And then there's a picture of Dizzy Gillespie and the rhythms of breathing. Do you believe that there's a pulse and a vibration to got to Christ? Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: If you take your socks and shoes off and go stand on the dirt yeah. Now you're in touch, you're grounded. Okay. Christ is the word. The word made the earth. The word made everything, all the physicalness in our solar system. And uh and and the word came from God, but God existed before the beginning. Okay, the word was in the beginning, which is where we we come in right the beginning of our experience mm-hmm. and our our dimension that we live in this, this physical world and uh we can't see through the veil um and the bible talks about the veil as being you know jesus indicated that uh, his body was a veil our our bodies you can't see the spiritual because we have physical eyes that's where you meditate you close your eyes you disconnect um uh, and you separate from your thinking and from your emotions, and go into um, this. Uh, Abraham called it the Gulf. We talked about the void. The
0: void. Or, the Gulf. Or the or void. The yeah, that's wait, who, who called it the Gulf.
1: Uh, uh, Abraham. Wow. He says there's a great Gulf between me and the Creator. And uh, you know, and uh, let's go back. We were talking about the the void. Midlife crisis for men
0: absolutely,
1: is where your ego drops off. And who you think you are, all of a sudden you start growing up and you're not this adolescent with a hairy body. We don't have rites of passage in our country. What we have is grown men that are still children. And uh, the rites of passage is if you get drunk, you get laid, and you, you drive your car. Now, now you're a man. What a disgusting level to, you know, and and if you can, if you can humble yourself, which most men cannot, they need to be humbled by uh, the world. Right. Okay. If you can humble yourself. Now that's a man. And we look at humility as weakness. That's the world.
0: I'm with so, you. I know. I mean, that, I, all I try to do is be as. I mean, whatever you know, God takes me. You know, He'll take me by the scruff of the neck, and I mean, it. I, you know, He put me in the void permanently, but I, I feel I can sit in the mess now. I just I, I'm I'm vulnerable, and I'm able to do that, and it yes. comes through gratitude to be to have found my purpose in life, gratitude for my daughters, gratitude just for. Health, health is wealth, spirit is the only currency. That's what Ken Kesey said, and I'm just, I am being myself, Bixby, and I know that you know that's what you're about too, and I and obviously in a contained, dogmatic, confined church. I mean, I wouldn't last a day in a lot of these places.
1: No, I, I yeah. Um, when I leave a church, I feel so alone. Nice, and I and I feel like they're, Looking at Christianity, it takes all the hope away from me. Now, there's a difference between hope and faith. You know, hope has no commitment behind it. Faith actually can unfold your reality in a way that you never dreamed. Faith has power. Faith has commitment. And if you have, if you're hanging out with hope, you will never exercise your faith. Hope has got to be destroyed. you got to go to the point where you have no hope at that point, the faith kicks in. And I don't know that we can actually initiate faith.
0: Um, well, I would say that as a Pisces in the 12th house, uh, it's the end of hope and the beginning of truth. Truth, you know, and, right, you know, okay. and like, and just like seeing what is really real and growing from that and not shying away from it. And, right, and, and you know, cause everyone, you're still going to get triggered along the way, but it's like the end of hope, the beginning of truth, you know, and faith, okay. faith to me is like, you're still waiting for something instead of just, okay, this is, this is the truth. And like, yeah. I know it to be true and I'm not well, going to me- waver about it.
1: And, and, and that works, uh, you know. Um,
0: yeah, sure. No, me, I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying, let, like, me, reframe it. let yeah. me
1: reframe this. Um, um, faith is something you do, belief is something you have.
0: Mm.
1: Belief is stagnant, it goes nowhere. You can believe in something and not even follow it. You know, I believe in loving everybody, but I don't even want to. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't, you know, and I'm I'm not going to pretend to.
0: Sure, absolutely. Uh, uh,
1: So, you know, so the the uh, faith—it's odd that the Bible talks about a broken spirit and a contrite spirit and being kind of broken. And, you know, I found Christ in hell. I didn't find him in a church. I didn't find him in a book. I found him in hell. Where I had no hope, and now that's the beginning of faith uh, and faith unfolds reality, faith are steps you can take
0: towards belief towards it, belief yeah
1: you you can apply faith to a situation where um, you're not sure if you're going to come out of it okay or not you right. have no right. yeah don't uh, guarantee and we all want to guarantee, and that's where a lot of people. You know, you, we go to God with a full glass of stagnant water. Well, you gotta dump it out. If you want fresh water, if you want the living water, you gotta get rid of your poison that you've been drinking. And, uh, and that's faith. There's no guarantee that that glass will fill up. So when you pour it out, that's an act of faith. And, and things begin to work. You you know, know, when you're working on a project, you're following after a dream and a goal, and it just doesn't work out, and you just kind of put up your hands. In the next 24 hours, it'll start to happen.
0: That's happened to me?
1: Yeah. What you're doing is you have a vision, but you're forcing it. You're not allowing God to unfold in God's timing. And God might be more than an entity, but a condition. Same with Satan and now that we're talking about God and Satan, light and dark, ying and yang, uh, your prayers are directed. When I first started to pray, I was praying outside of myself into the universe. Uh, Jesus taught you to go in. Now, that's not natural because when I go in, uh, there's nothing there.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: But the, the revelations, uh, come from within and I'm watching people say, Oh, Satan's making me do this and Satan's that. And if you join the the Christian doctrine today, if you follow Christ, Satan is going to just tear you up and, um, uh, and and spit you out and you'll be tempted beyond, you know, and it's like, that's kind of, that's kind of harsh to lay that on somebody who's searching for the light. (laughs) And, uh, so, Satan and God exist inside humans. Now I'm I'm because I'm sure the creation has the signature or that pulse you were talking about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we are, when I'm saying stand on the ground with your bare feet, the pulse of God is in this planet.
0: That that's on. what I'm saying. Without vibration, there's nothing.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And without a lot of logic or rationale, you can experience. God and at first it's so gentle and it's so subtle that it's easy to rationalize it away hmm. and uh, you know God is not a big booming bolt of lightning uh, it's, it's a, just a subtle knowing how many times you've got a little notion to do something or not to do it and you didn't listen to it and then when your life turned into a piece of crap, you say, I knew better. I knew better. I had a revelation on what to do and I did not listen to it because it was not powerful enough. My thoughts, my emotions in this world overshadow the still small voice of God. And so you got to be attuned to it. And, uh, you know, I did a lot of meditation when I was in the group. And when I left the group and left religion and left all that stuff, I started having meditation experiences while I was driving my car or taking a shower, or uh, just sitting by myself on the back porch. And all of a sudden, uh, I'm there. <laughs> I don't know how to get there. I don't know how to get back. You know, so, you know, you know when you play like you're a meditator, right? Especially, especially if you're talking about it. All you're doing is saying, "Look at me, I'm
0: spiritual." You know. Yeah, I realized after, like, I I realized I had this epiphany last night where it's just when people are talking. I mean, if it's one thing, if you're having a conversation and you know you're you're learning stuff and you're pulling stuff out of people and you're, you know, but but when somebody's just talking in the abstract, I just am like, okay, well, the well, I I don't even want to listen to this.
1: <laughs> well right we should... Yeah, you know, it's like I don't
0: even, I mean I it was it was it was one of I mean people would say oh they just talk about themselves but then there's a difference between having absolutely no experience in grounded truth and yes. sort of just but and, and youth is part of that but I, I guess the the other the, the 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 I just want to do kind of a rapid fire here with not about we don't need to do grand extrapolations on these um These feelings or these, uh, (laughs) these, uh, but I just want to go through these three things because, you know, in terms of the church or at least people that come from some kind of organized religion, um, and I I grew up agnostic and very unconditional love household. And, uh, so where are you at today with shame? With what? Okay. So the three, I was, I should make myself clear. Uh, To me, not only do Christians live, because Christians live in darkness and don't acknowledge the insecure path, so to speak, uh, the three things that emerge most uh, from people are shame, guilt, and judgment. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah,
0: Okay. So where are you at with shame?
1: Okay. Uh, Shame, guilt, and judgment. You can just take that on. yeah. It's self-imposed.
0: Because they're living, because they're living in darkness, right? I mean, isn't that. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Uh, and, and the thing is, is you, like you say, truth, you know, the truth is an uncomfortable thing.
0: Oh, oh, yeah.
1: You know, the truth oh, yeah. turns you inside out. Um,
0: but if you, once you accept the truth and then you scale, then, then it's empowering though.
1: Then you have a different experience, right. and you, th- you got to cross over that threshold, right? Void, right. Before the truth takes root, I guess.
0: Um, That's right. So, so, Shane, talking, so, Shane, so, talk about your evolution with those processes, so to speak.
1: Well, uh, first of all, the living God, you know, it's this this the Old Testament gives us the idea that God is a punisher, and um, right, uh, right, uh, and God will curse you. We do enough of that ourselves. We, you know, God doesn't need to be up there throwing lightning bolts bolts at us. Um, so, you know, so the the, the shame is uh, is an illusion. It's low self esteem, uh, and it's Christ has given the tools. And are you there? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Christ has given us the tools to navigate that darkness not to lie about it and pretend it's not there. So you know Christians, you know, most Christians that I've met uh don't even take an make an attempt to to use these tools uh to to, to move through this darkness, this guilt. Uh like here's an here's an example. I'm not worthy, so I'm not gonna commit to God. What a cop out. <laughs> you know yeah. that that's so hollow you know what a chicken shit yeah that's
0: know? just that's just like it's so beneath the gravitas of the of the spirit and, and connection to source you know
1: well of course you're not worthy and you'll never be worthy nobody's worthy we are the fall of man what you know, i mean what book are you reading <laughs> or what are you smoking
0: yeah but based on all like the things that you talk about are successful based on commercial society like getting drunk, getting laid, buying a car, getting rich, it's easy to say, well, I am blessed. I, I know I'm blessed, you know, based on these yeah. these false sort of, th- that's also the definition of success. But just sort of being comfortable in your own skin, you know, it's it just, it's, yeah, continue.
1: I'm, you know, I'm constantly confronted with what I call Holy ghost that brings you the truth that you don't want to see about yourself. Right. And we all lie to ourselves. We all are in denial. And in an encounter with, with the living God, you're going to have to look at that stuff. And that's where people run away. And I don't blame them. I did for a long time. And I realized that this process, once you go through it, the void a couple times, and have this transformation on the other side, now you're willing to go into this uncomfortable zone of uh, a self-examination without lying in the truth of in the light of truth. You
0: know? um, <laughs> I dig. I, I completely. I think it's. You can't yeah.
1: escape. You can't escape it. And I want to go back to uh, you're practicing uh, gratefulness for your family and this and that. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's you know that is. Uh, uh, you're qualifying yourself to have a God experience. Absolutely. And and you probably, here's the thing. When you talk about an experience with God, when you finally have one that you're aware of, you'll realize that you've been having them since childhood. That's
0: right. Absolutely.
1: And so it's, it's not a strange thing.
0: But I also think when you're, like you talked about kind of being like, when you have these when you have these epiphanies or these uh direct connections with source, it's when you're kind of completely in the moment and not fixated on controlling anything
1: exactly you know it just
0: it just it just happens through true nature and I'm a taoist so i mean the, the the true nature i'm always trying to get closer to my true nature and away yeah. from my habitual nature, but it has given me not just an endless well of spirit but some kind of it's tapped into my strengths of instinct, yeah. intuition, because I don't know. I couldn't quote the Bible. I mean, my fifth book is coming out. And I, I, I I, mean, we just had this huge, deep theological, philosophical conversation, but I don't pretend to, I'm not, I just, it's more about sort of accessing true nature in your life and, and becoming, uh and accepting truth, you know, and, and that's God to me, you know.
1: Yeah. yeah right. Right, and and then to practice it and live it. Right, 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 right. We talk about spiritual, and everybody says, you know, I'm so spiritual. <laughs> and here's, here's my definition of spiritual. Yeah. First of all, you've got to be in a place where you don't think that you're spiritual. Absolutely. But if you can keep your word to yourself and with other people, you will be spiritual without even knowing it. Damn, And so uh, your personal word and the word from the beginning, there's a connection there, and I don't have the words to describe it. But if you want to get in touch with the word, then you better maintain and and keep integrity into your word. And, And it all starts with making an agreement with yourself. If you can't keep agreements with yourself, you will not keep agreements with other people. No matter how hard you try, Um, uh, you know, it's uh, so, you know, I would rather do business with a heathen that keeps his word because in business it works to keep your word. Right. Uh, Then a Christian who's full of the spirit, who can't even show up on time, who can't lose 10 pounds, who can't, you know, there's, there's no discipline there There, you know, there's a difference between a disciple and a Christian, a Christian today. And I call it the contemporary Christian spin, uh, Christianity. There's no qualifications at all, other than claiming yourself to be a Christian, but a disciple, the root word is discipline. Okay. And what we're talking about is going through this void that's discipline, right? Hanging on to faith when you when you got no hope. Yeah, that, that's suspended discipline.
0: in it's, it's suspended in midair. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And so once you go through this void or liminal space, you're not so freaked out when it happens again, and you become an example for other people who are going through that. You know, I've just gone through some stuff in my life where it just broke me. Here recently and in the last two years and i'm in a broken state all the time and that's why i'm being i'm writing more music now than i've ever written and, and I'm, it's like stuff is coming to me uh, even stuff that i do about but you forget you know you have an epiphany and then you go on with your life and then you realize you got to re- revisit that you got
0: to write it down when that happens dude
1: <laughs> you do yeah it's like a dream yeah you it is yeah because no,
0: it's gone then it's gone it,
1: yeah, you need a notebook next to your bed so when you have a dream you can put it in line. That's a good
0: idea. Yeah.
1: Um I would like to tell you a, a quick story.
0: Sure. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say this. We just burned through an hour. How about we do another hour in the next couple of weeks and we can get into some more stuff musically yeah. and 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 yeah. I just yeah. I felt like this was kind of a tone setter and I you know I appreciate uh your um your honesty and, and knowledge. And it, it's going to, I think this in, interview will have uh, wide ranging implications across the globe once it goes up online. So I'll, I'm, I really appreciate your time, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would like to say, I saw you interview Gordon Lightfoot and you asked him where his inspiration come. And I saw you a lot of people who can't quite describe where inspiration comes from. Uh, and, and he was wrestling with the words. It's like, you just do it. It's, inspiration is not a, a lofty uh, emotional experience. It's like a doorway that opened up, and you just go through it. Right.
0: That's that you just choose to go through it.
1: You know, and uh, Darden Lightfoot doesn't consider himself inspired while he's writing
0: stuff. <laughs> he's working at it. The dude you know? is out of his mind. I freaking yes. love the man, dude.
1: Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, I do a lot of his, his music because he is so good at taking a lyric and finding the right music to put it to where it's powerful. It, it, it moves you. It's, it's like a country Western song that's happy while you're talking about your dog dying. You know, it's, it's my it's,
0: favorite. It's, that, that's, uh, you yeah, it's, that's a gift. It really is a major gift.
1: Yeah. He, he knows how to uh, create a, uh, a lyric that where the music uh, supports that. And, and, and that's what, that's what makes the message so freaking powerful. When you've got music, to give your emotions that can connect with your thoughts. uh, Or when you have feelings connected with your thoughts, that's an emotion. It's a combination of both. Um, And then, yeah, I'll let you go. Yeah,
0: Bixby, thank you, man. This was great, man.
1: All right. All right. We'll see you now.
0: Talk to you soon, brother. Bless. Bye-bye.